Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 247. Thank you for joining us tonight. Bri, how you doing? Jim, I'm doing... It's Monday and I need beer. That's how yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> yes, same. I'm tired. I'm tired as hell. Chambers, Just give me sweet um, booze and sweet sleep. You know what I do want to say, though? So uh, we put out a little call to action for everyone to help us on a little goal we have for this year. So Chambers and I were talking. We've been at this thing long enough. We want to try to hit 10K subs on YouTube and a few other goals on all the platforms. So if you've been watching, we've been putting more effort to get more content out there for you guys. So really appreciate all the likes, the comments, the sharing. Please keep it up. It would mean the world to us. Yep, we are on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell, leave comments, leave reviews. All that will help out. And check all the socials in the descriptions and follow us all there. So, Jambers, you're, you and me are both sleep-deprived boys. So what, so what do sleep-deprived boys do? We drink, Jim. Yeah, exactly. And the real question is, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Bri, an old favorite, good old Trogues Brewing. I'm having their Haze Charmer. Dry hopped Ooh. hazy pale ale, five point five percent alcohol, hops of Citra, El Dorado, Mosaic, and Lotus. The haze charmer emerges from a soft swirling cloud of oats and unmalted wheat. Vigorous dry hopped, dry hopping adds a second phase of haze, propping up the oils of Citra and El Dorado hops. Each sip delivers notes of juicy pineapple, fresh grapefruit, and candied peach, balanced by a hint of white pine and low bitterness. And yeah, this definitely looks like a uh, citrusy kind of girl. Nice. You know, somewhat hazy, somewhat translucent right there. Not a lot of sedimentation at the bottom or anything. The head dissipates pretty quick. The aroma is like, I bet my The aroma is like any other aroma because I've damaged my nose through years of smoking. So, I don't know. It gets that little bit of citrus in there, but. Jim, the real question is, do you just have, did someone bring a Trogues variety pack and that's what you've been leeching off of? Yes. <laughs> I remember your trogues, what was it, last week or a week before? I was like, hmm, he has a suspicious amount of trogues. Wait a second here. <laughs> and I know he didn't buy them itself. Oh, I know that. <laughs> nice. Well, I uh, I actually got to visit uh, the Saucony Creek um, Brew House, but it's actually Brew Station because it it's in a former train station, which is a really cool-ass building. Um, however... Having never visited Reading before, um, I'm like, oh, I'll just go there. It's definitely the area it's in reminds me of the Kensington of Reading. And it's like abandoned factories, homes that are questionable. Right, that could be called basically all Reading. That's that's not split hairs here. I mean, not the nicest said, town in the world. I've never been. So I knew nothing about Reading. Um, Look at you getting cultured. Little lost white boy. <laughs> but uh yeah, really cool spot. Um when I was there I had their Nordic wind, which was delicious. Uh but I decided let me go check out what beers they had to sell. And they said their most popular beer that always goes is their golden bear, which is a five percent pilsner. Now you and I have talked. It is rare as shit to find a craft brewery that makes pilsners. Very um and you know what? I'll say, um, compared to other Pilsners, this one, it's actually hazy as shit. It's got a lot of head to it. So it's not a Pilsner like you would expect from 
you know, macro breweries. Right. There's a inherent, um, you definitely get sweetness, but it's, there's a, there is a surprising amount of bitterness. And, and the only thing I wish this had on the can and it doesn't is it's IBUs. Cause it actually seems a little more bitter than I was expecting, but still it goes down way, way too easily. So yeah, I was glad I picked this one up and I've had a couple things from Saucony Creek. I, I think one of my favorite beers ever, uh, the maple mistress is from them. So, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So Cheers to uh, Saucony Creek. That's one I would definitely like to hit up. I think they're based out of, was it Kutztown? Yeah, Kutztown. So. Ah, yeah, they did the thing that a lot of almost every brewery does is, uh, you know, got to get that uh, that floor space, got to get that square footage for cheap, Brian. Yeah. And how do you do that? You know, less than less than admirable areas, but you know what? You make it work. I mean, look, Nishamity Creek did the same thing years ago when Bristol and Croydon was still a dump. I mean, yeah. really, these microbreweries, like, kind of build up the areas they go to in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, even Brewery Town, the area down in Philly, like, that's still very shady, but there's, like, a part of it. Like, there's a part of it that's, like, very, you know, brewery-heavy. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they really took the Brewery Town name, even though that predates it, but you know what I mean. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it kind of builds up these little spots. No, I think it's great, and, you know, you're talking about that. I was just talking about somebody down Wildwood, Mud Hen, like, has become such a big spot. They've taken over, like, now apparently three more areas on that block because apparently they do weddings there, and they're, like, they're they're setting it up in Wildwood. So I, I love it, man. I think when a brewery does good, it's just a, it's a cool place to go visit, and, yeah, if you're ever in Reading, don't know why you'd be there, but uh, stop by. <laughs> if you're ever in Reading, one, don't. Two, go to Saucony Creek. Yeah. So, yeah, I decided to give that a little bit of a try, Chambers. Now, uh, my question for you. You sent me footage last week. Are you completely done with your Bionic Commando experience? Oh, yeah. That's the whole playthrough. So, okay. we got it all. Maybe next week we'll meet up. Yep. Bring out the long way to review, probably. Finally. <laughs> Get that out of my life. <laughs> Jim, you don't seem so thrilled you can now put down on your resume that you've beat Bionic Commando multiple times. I, I can say things. I'll save it for the review, Brian. But now, it'll probably surprise you, but oh man, you want to talk barriers to entry. Holy crap. That's one that's one of those games where like anyone who quits in the first ten minutes, I don't blame any of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not you. Yeah, I, to say it's not user or beginner friendly is an understatement. No, at all. And yeah, I mean, keep it on the what we've been playing train. So I'm starting in, Bry. Starting in my first franchise. Uh oh, Rocket Knight. Going in. Okay. So Rocket Knight Adventures. I've been playing through it. I beat it on easy, which was way harder than I was goddamn expecting. <laughs> easy that game is not. Uh, and then it's just like, oh, you want the real ending? Well, you got to move up in difficulty. So I'm like, fuck. Ah! So now I do my uh, the game capture for that because the plan for doing all these franchises is we want to get back to our roots a little bit and review every game in a franchise like we did years and years and years ago. Pre-kids, pre-COVID, pre-everything. So pre-responsibility, really. So, yeah, the reviews might be a little longer to come out, but that's the plan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be playing on the harder difficulty, getting that footage. And luckily that's only a four-game series, so that's not a bad way to start. Okay. 
Yeah, I talked about it. I, I went down another rabbit hole trying to get Duke Nukem 2. Apparently, it was on GOG for a while, and they pulled it off GOG. So, like, I'm really kind of out of avenues. So, I might just have to say I beat Duke, I beat Duke Nukem 2, even though I know there's two episodes left. But I apparently can't play it, aside from purchasing the Evercade. And right. I'm not doing that. Buy the nope. Evercade. Listen, if somebody right. wants to buy it for me, I, I will do giving. it. <laughs> so, yeah, that that is where I've been with Duke Nukem. Um, I, I spent a tiny bit more time with Pal World. Um, did, but, the meme, did the meme magic wear off yet? No, no, no. It's fun. It's just, uh, you know, it ended up taking up my time this week. So my son has been playing Fortnite, but his thing is, and they're they're pretty smart about this, you know how they, they have all these gazillion franchises? Oh, yeah. Well, basically, every day, the ones you can purchase are updated. So, he really wants Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because it was a thing, like, when he first turned on Fortnite. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get it, like, next week. Little did I know back in, like, Christmas time that that would now turn into an everyday event of looking for goddamn Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But um, apparently on the 9th, there's something coming out for them. And there's like these special quest missions you got to do with April. So he's like, Dad, can you do them all for me? So I had to go in like to Battle Royales and just try to do these goddamn quest missions. I came in 10th on my second try and I got like five or six kills. I was like, oh, I guess that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's... It's Fortnite. I don't. I refuse to build. Even in the one where you can build, I refuse to build. So I play the goddamn game. <laughs> so yeah, I did a little bit of that, and then obviously on stream, which I got to give such a huge shout out first to our buddy Nick who recommended Chivalry Two, and then to uh, everyone who came out because we had a good turnout just for our own viewers, and then we got rated which was awesome. So really, really appreciate it. It was a fun ass game, fun ass night. That game is so ridiculous, but like it is, you can tell like the people who are good at it, like you have to have such a nuance, like level to master it, but you have shitheads like me who you can just fuck around and still have way more fun, any more fun than you have any right to. So Jim, that is one I would love for you to download so we can do that brawl. And just throw chairs at each other, chickens, and I can punch the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, maybe this year I'll get a new Xbox. I mean, the way the rumors are going, there's no point to anymore almost, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been my go-to. I think I said I've uh, I've tabled Duke Nukem. I've tabled Duke Nukem 2. I'm just going to move on to Duke Nukem 3D at this point now. Right. Already starting the year with an asterisk. What the fuck? <laughs> Don't you talk. You can't even claim Rocket Knight until you uh, beat it on normal. I know. I'm going to. It's going to be hell, but I'm going to do it, goddammit. <laughs> but, Chambers, um, this week uh, we, we put it out for people to get in their Patreon questions. And I saw last week, uh, of course, the day after our episode, we got some questions in. Did we? Well, I think they were all just on the new uh, this week's one. Let me check. Let me check. Yeah, double check, but what questions do we have otherwise for this week? Yes, I don't know. They're all for this one. God damn it, Brian. Okay. Derailing me. I was on such a roll. I'm such a goddamn <laughs> professional. You ruined it. <laughs> Patreon.com. There's many things you are. You're not professional. Oh, oh I'm professional, Brian. Patreon.com slash drink a beer play game. Where for as little as two goddamn dollars a month. Two measly dollars. 
You can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. First up from Drewski. Where's that damn fourth Chaos Emerald? But in all honesty, my question is, is there a particular multiplayer game you find more fun when paired with a few beers? Hmm. Brian, I think we have a very easy answer right here. And that answer is, of course, the joy of sex on Philip CDI. A goddamn tradition on our meetups. <laughs> Jim, I don't know if I would call that a multiplayer game. You can in pass the controller and you can take turns. You can pair off into couples. I think what you're supposed to struggle. what you're supposed to do with that game is different than what we did with that game. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, I'm sticky at the end. <sighs> I it's a great question because I mean my default answer is any game can be improved with with some beer. Um, you could go the kind of I would say the boring route and just be like Mario parties and stuff like that. It's like yeah, the, of course. Um, I would think something that actually requires a lot of precision. So like shooters or racing games, because then when you're sloppy drunk and you're just both fucking up, it's more hilarious, like where the controls matter more and then you're just messing it up. And then it's just who can be a little less sloppy. I, I enjoy something like that. True. But Brian, we got to give a shout out to our the few times we have streamed together on the Thursdays. Good old golf with friends. You know what? Is, that game. It is yeah. a bit of a buggy mess, but you know what? It is a ton of fun. And. I mean, I was basically blackout drunk the last time we did it, and oh boy, I was still having me a ball. First time you're getting yelled at to get off, the second time you're getting blackout drunk. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, if I, uh, you know, one game we haven't done in a long time, and we talk about it all the time, we should just do a Left 4 Dead stream drunk. Damn, we should. Because that game is so f deceivingly hard. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, that game's hard when you're like, well practiced sober and yeah not, and sober yeah oh god oh god jim maybe that's how we unlock your ability to finally get a kill with the tank maybe <laughs> maybe i hit that like idiot survive event horizon where like it all just comes together finally because god knows i can't fucking do it when i'm sober you we learned that the hard way jim you're the tank i don't want to be the tank the only guy in any game, whether it be Left 4 Dead, Hero Escape, it doesn't matter. If 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 there's a character everyone can't wait to be and it's a larger character with awesome powers, Jim goes, I don't want it because I don't want the pressure. I, I will know I'm fuck, it fuck it up. And <laughs> and will. Oh, So, yeah, we definitely. Do you think those servers are still up? We talked about servers that are dead. Oh, yeah. That would be very interesting. See, that's one. I think that's the first one when we try our dead server or whatever we're going to call it. Um, I think we need to try Left 4 Dead. I think I think we do. I think that's the way yeah. to go. Pipe bomb. Pipe bomb over here. <laughs> ah, fuck, I got to put another console in it. Well, wait, can I? Is that backwards compatible on the Xbox One? I would think it should be. Please, for the love of God, I can't fit anything more on this TV. <laughs> Jim, just get rid of your boring-ass Genesis. Fuck you. That's the heart and soul of this collection. <laughs> nah, but great. I, I like that question a lot. Great question, bud. Yes, next up, from Kev called, where do you hide your beer in high school? Hmm. May come as a shocker. I didn't 
drink until probably my senior year. And even then it was after I graduated, like everyone at our high school just went to the woods. Like that was the place to go. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I had other vices, but drinking was not one of them back in the day until like I said, right outside of high school. So, and then there was no need to hide beer. So yeah, that's my easy answer. Yeah. I wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't really a big drinker in high school either. Shockingly. I think like maybe by senior year I had started here and there. Like, you know, we would have a friend who would be able to get some for us and, you know, you'd go over and be like, oh, you know, we're all just going to hang out in the basement and they're going to spend the night. It's like, okay, we're going to play video games all night. And it's like, oh, we have a case of Bud Light. Ooh. And then, like, <laughs> someone leaves that one can still in the freezer and then you get busted. Because it's like, <laughs> I don't drink Bud Light. Who the fuck had Bud Light in the house? It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, and even before we were 21, once we started going to Drexel... It would just be, there was just liquor available in my bar at my house in the basement, and we would just drink that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but especially by, like, freshman year of college. Like, we'd either be drinking in your basement or, like, my uh, my buddies from home. Like, two or three of them live down on campus, either at Penn or Drexel, so I'd just go down to their places and fucking drink my ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim, are you saying in high school you had other vices like me? No, Brian, I didn't really have any vices, so I made up for it with gusto by the time I got to college. <laughs> You talking about fucking vices? Getting late is not a vice. You didn't do vices. <laughs> yeah, but when you obsess over it, there's a difference, Jim. <laughs> I obsess too. I was just unsuccessful. <laughs> Your hand doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <coughs> I like that question though. So yeah, sorry. We we were we were pretty boring in high school when it came to drinking. Yep. Well. Yeah, when it came to most things, really. Next up from Todd Howard Sucks. Carl Weathers passed away today. Got a favorite movie? Mine is Predator. Yeah, rest in peace. That that one that one really sucked. I mean, I never saw him in a movie where I thought it was bad, but my, my go-to, because it is my favorite movie by default, is Rocky. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you not love him in Predator? Even, like, Happy Gilmore. Oh, like, yeah, it's fucking great in that. Uh, he's, um... Yeah, he's a guy that... Usually, no matter what movie he's in, he's going to make it better. But Rocky, all-time classic. It was his first major starring role where he really got recognized. So, yeah, that, that's my go-to. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, maybe I'll just have to go Happy Gilmore just because, like, that was an obsession when I was a kid. Like, I watched that movie thousands of times. So, I mean, that's the – I mean, when he passed away, like, everyone – the big three everyone mentioned – Rocky, Predator, Happy Gilmore. And like you say, he's been in a ton of other shit. I know he's been in some of the uh, Star Wars, Disney stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was still working up until what, last year, something like that. So oh, it's yeah. not like the guy ever stopped. So, yeah, I mean, rest in peace. Uh, guy you never heard a bad thing about. Always enjoyable in any role he was in. And he was, uh, he, he, he's been on press and see. He was actually on press and see not that terribly long ago. He's just entertaining to hear talking, too. Like,. Yeah, really sucks. But Jambers, here's my question. Um, Happy Gilmore, you said, was an obsession. Which did you prefer when you were younger, that or Billy Madison? <sighs> That's tough. Because, I like, know. I watched Happy Gilmore more, but Billy Madison, I think, as a kid, made me laugh way more. Like, I think the first time I ever watched Bill, like, that's, you know how you have those, like, memorable laughs? Mm -hmm. Like, the first time I saw Billy Madison when I was, like, you know, 11, I think was just, like, straight. Like, straight <laughs> yeah. just laughing the entire time like an idiot. 
It's up there with like when uh you know watching, uh oh my, Dumb and Dumber. God, I couldn't think of it. Like during the diarrhea scene, and we like we round the tape about thirty times just for the diarrhea scene, and like crying the entire time. It's up there with one of those laughs. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm the same way. It's funny because I think most people. I mean, unless you were watching SNL, like you probably really got to know Adam Sandler through that. I mean, not not to downplay Airheads, but you know, I I just feel like um, who could who would dare? <laughs> I feel like Billy Madison is uh, it's really tough to beat. Like the supporting characters in that, I think, are better than Happy Gilmore. And 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 that's not take. See, the problem is though, yeah, because there's I, I, multiple I was, great characters. But yeah. then, like you said, you have Carl Weathers and the the bad uh, shooter, and he's like an all time great bad guy. So I'm like, fuck. Good old Christopher McDonald. Yeah, but then again, the douchebag dude in Billy Madison is another classic great bad dude. So you're like, ah. Oh. Yep. Oh yeah. Damn. Nah, they are great. I, I'll say going back to them, it's way easier with Happy Gilmore now. Like, I think as an adult, really? Happy Gilmore holds up better. Because I watched okay. Billy Madison the other day, and I was, like, still laughing, but I was like, man, some of this is just, it might almost be too dumb anymore. Well, also, I think it got, just like, I feel like the same thing happened to Ace Ventura, where, it they, like, some of the his mannerisms and, like, his sayings got played to death, and the caricature of Adam Sandler was developed with that first role. True. Yeah. No, but that was a, a good way to say, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Damn right. <laughs> and last up from Burn Retinas. What are some of your favorite and most hated foods to try and reheat? Manwich is always my go-to for favorites. Fish seldom works out. Oh, fish is horseshit. Like, as someone who eats fish, I will, I honestly will just eat it cold. Like, I, I refuse to heat it up because there's no good way to heat reheat fish. And if you're that dick face that what, Brian, ever... you're, not, you're not nuking it on a paper plate? What are you doing over here? Yeah, if you ever do that, just stop. Put a little splash of lemon on top for flavor. Don't you dare, Jim. Um, but what is a bad food? You know, you know what fucking sucks to reheat? Goddamn fucking french fries. Because even when you reheat them right, it's mm. still never good. Yeah. Air fryer, oven, you're reheating them and you're still like, eh, it's still just old french fries. It's not as good. Yeah. Because then you're like, why did I put of... all the time into this then? Why did I waste my time fucking in front of a goddamn <laughs> oven for like 20 minutes for this shit? There's there's also, I, I have a feeling like, yeah, french fries are that thing at this point where if, if I don't finish them all in the sitting, I'm throwing them out. I think for that very reason. Yeah, um, that's a good strategy. I've actually gotten to the point now with pizza where unless I put it in the air fryer or the oven... Like, nuking it isn't enough. I'll just eat it cold. Oh, yeah. I eat cold pizza all the time. Yeah. Um, you know what? Lasa- you know what reheats good? Skeddies. Well, I was going to say, lasagna can be a little tough to reheat. Oh, yeah. Especially when the ends get real rubbery and hard. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something really on the nose. Chinese doesn't reheat bad. Chinese reheats pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, well, because also right. you also had like a whole night of all the MSG and juices to congeal <laughs> in that goddamn thing, so like that flavor is just soaked in everywhere. I I fucking just reheated General So's chicken, and you know the sauce it comes in, that was straight up like the rice and the other shit in the container was still mm. kind of cold. That thing was bubbling. Yep, and like I like didn't realize I scooped it up and just you know the top layer of your gums just gone. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit some good ones. Yeah, I think French fries are deceivingly bad to reheat. Yeah, fish is terrible. Just eat it cold. Um, really, any vegetable. No vegetable reheats well. Like, if, if you... I, I, made... I almost think it depends on how you prepare it the first time, though. Because you have it, like, covered in spices and shit like that. Like, that can kind of... Well, yeah, you got to have it covered in spices. What, are you going to steam it like a goddamn Puritan? No. Like, like a goddamn Welshman? <laughs> no. Can't be yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, if it's covered in spices, that can cover up a lot of, like, the weird texture shit of reheating it, too. Yeah. Look at me. Look at look at Fat Boy Jimmy over here whipping out the knowledge <laughs> for this question. I've never sounded so smart. <laughs> more food topics, people. I need this. Less sex, more food. That's what I need. <laughs> Jim, I think you want the inverse of that. <laughs> Where's the dick out? I don't know. In in, in the in, in the other dick? What? That's how it works, right? Uh... Chambers, I I really like that that question uh, that that had me thinking. So I'm sure t- by tomorrow there's gonna be that one food that's very obvious. I'm like, fuck. You're gonna oh, wake yeah. up for that 3 a.m. piss and go, motherfucker, I had it. Uh huh. You're gonna be like Costanza making that U-turn for the drugstore. You you know I am woefully un unfamiliar with Seinfeld. Right. Speaking of culture, stop driving to fucking writing and you sit down and watch you some Seinfeld. <laughs> now that it's on. I, here's what I'll say. Now that it's on repeat on Comedy Central, I'm I'm catching more of it on a daily basis, so it's fine. I think I still prefer Kirby Enthusiasm over it. But oh, Kirby fine. Enthusiasm is a thousand times better. But yeah, I mean, one had the advantage of being on HBO too. Well, it's not just TV, Jim. It's HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Rage to burp out of me there. But once again, that wraps up the questions for this week. So thank you to everyone out there for all the support. Make sure to head on over to Patreon. Get those questions in. Check out the bonus content. Uh, Krusty Corner will be coming back soon. I've just been... I haven't had time to dick with anything except for the bare minimum. So sorry, everybody. But yes, uh, speaking of bonus content, the new episode with Nerdy Nick as we look at Peavy's Big Adventure is up. So make sure to check out those links. Yeah, no, guys, we really appreciate it. And like Jim said... If you are supporting us, get those questions in because we love to hear you. And they don't got to be game or beer related, obviously. Throw any topic you want our way. We'll answer the best of our knowledge. That's right. And speaking of support, head on over to Skillshare. Sponsor of the Power Hour podcast. Use the code DBPG30 to get 30% off one year. Well, a class for one year. So learn a skill, learn a trade, learn a language. Just get some fun facts in you. Why not? Head on over there. Use our code 30% off. Yeah, guys, check it out. All right, Chambers, a company that I was hoping we could avoid talking about yep. for a while. Yes. Is right back at it. So, Chambers, Bud Light, they had quite a year last year, some would say. Did they? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how are they making up this year? What was their big go to plan? Well, I mean, they have been scrambling to win back the audience that they lost. So, um, they have a new partnership. They have a new spokesperson, Shane Gillis. He is on board. Uh, stand-up comedian, his popularity has just exploded in, like, the last two years. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Billy I think Boy- it's a good fit. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I actually, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of his stuff. I do like him. Um, yeah, he's funny. I've watched. I didn't see his entire special. I've seen a couple clips, and I'm like, damn, he is pretty fucking funny. Yeah, and he he's somebody that like when he goes on podcast, like he's so awkwardly himself that like he'll be kind of bombing but not give a fuck, and it's it's just enjoyable to watch. And he says shit. Uh, I would say without thinking, and obviously he's probably most well known at first for the controversy of being kicked off of SNL. In retrospect, probably the best thing that could have happened in his fucking career. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Who who in modern SNL can you actually name? I'm really trying to think if I can name one. I mean, fuck. Keenan Thompson doesn't count because he's been there for like 25 years. So. Yeah, I don't count. Is Pete Davidson still on there? I don't fucking know. I don't watch that crap. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you're assuming I've, I have watched since the Will Ferrell days, Jim. Yeah, when I don't know, I couldn't tell you when the last time. Maybe like one or two random episodes, circa like, I don't know, 2008, and I was like, man, this is just horseshit. Now it's about the end of it. Does anyone watch and not just watch clips like the next day on YouTube? Like, does anyone actually sit and dedicate um, themselves to like just sitting and watching anymore? I mean, I guess there's enough doing it because it's still still going. It's still its 40th thing. season, so I you know what? It's kind of thing like never like discount the power of like boomers because like how like you look at shows on TV and you're like, how the fuck is Young Sheldon on? It's like 10th season. You're like, who's watching this crap? And then you realize, dude, it's like, you know, probably there's there's people who aren't involved in the internet at all, and they lead much happier, simpler lives. And God, do I wish I was them. <laughs> I live life in be- on both sides of that fence, Jim. Well, Brian, I'm all the way on the other side. And it is bleak. <laughs> That's why you keep watching things like Fish Tank. <laughs> I think that's the next level. I think that's when it's game over at that point. Any chance of being in society is gone if you can like be like, oh, God, you see his fish tank the other day? <laughs> Damn it, Jim. But, yeah, I mean, the announcement, I would say, is it's a it's a shocker. Um, you know, there's a gazillion articles on this. And I love that from the Daily Caller they their label is Bud Light hires conservative friendly comedian Shane Gillis in face saving move. I'm like, I don't know if I'd call him conservative friendly, like especially given like if you watch his special, he goes hard in the paint on everyone. But I guess nowadays if you say anything, not on the left, you're automatically conservative. So well, well Brian, that's a good little segue because. Uh, so I haven't looked in the last couple of days, but when they did the announcement, I was like, all right. So I saw this and I read this article and I didn't realize that daily caller was fucking Tucker Carlson's goddamn company. So, oh, yeah. So if you read the article, like by the end, it actually like starts to get mad at Shane Gillis. And like, they're saying like, you know, he often joked about tra- the hiring of Gillis, who often joked about transgender people in his comedy specials, marks a full 180 for Bud Light, who chose to do a line with. They're clearly continuing to adapt damage control. Oh, wait. Hold on a second here. Oh, here it is. Here's the line where they start to get mad. So, obviously, trying to re-endear themselves to conservatives, as well as everyday Americans sick of having the transgender agenda shoved down their face, it's a savvy move from the company and possibly an indication America is ready to move on. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then uh, they start, like, yelling at people for being, like, oh, you know, they're yelling at him for, like, dr- drinking a bunch of Bud Light, I guess, just to be different and something like that. 
And like aside from Bud Light's massive mass image, the deal makes sense prima facie. Gillis might actually be a top consumer. He regularly deletes 20-plus broad lights in one sitting during marathons of Joe Rogan experience. And he's a nice consolation prize after not getting The Daily Show. Kidding! But in all seriousness, he would be my slam pick dunk. And while admittedly not a Republican, he joked that his history obsession is a sign of early-onset Republicanism. And he often tells all this stuff. And he's like, as far as Bud Light goes, I'm still not drinking them. Come out and endorse Trump 2024 if you really have some balls, Bud Light. Like, oh my god. Like, this article just goes off the rails by the end. Mm-hmm. But you can't expect much less from Tucker Carlson's website. So, Brian, let's flip the coin. <laughs> flip away, so, Jamers. So this comes to us from a site called The Street. And weirdly enough, like, I don't know if this was just, like, kind of, like, farmed around, like, really low-end liberal circles. Because, like, four sites I saw had, like, this exact same article. Where uh, Bud Light goes from Dylan Mulvaney to comedian accused of racism. That's the headline. It's like, I'm sorry, I see that. The brand that worked with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney has partnership with a comedian who has made racist and homophobic comments. Oh, man. Right, the brain rot is real. The brain rot continues around Bud Light. Jim. It's too powerful, Brian. It's the most powerful entity in political discourse. Call me Shit, petty, but I, 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 I looked up the the author Daniel Klein, and just if you just look him up and go to his profile, I mean, you get it right. Like you you would get this is the guy, like without a doubt he's got loafers. He's probably got like an unironic fedora. Uh, excuse me, Rainer Wolfcastle had loafers, so don't be be smart those, Brian. <laughs> I mean, you, there's a lot you know about this guy, but uh. <clears throat> The backlash, you know, it didn't stop there, Jim, like you said. It's it's kind of bouncing back and forth between now, like, conservatives think they're doing the right thing, and then everyone else saying, how could they do this? Uh, he's, you know, made terrible comments, da 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 I just, does anyone think this is actually going to make a fucking dent in, like, don't get me wrong, Shane Gillis is popular, but he's not some crazy level popular yeah like he's like he's working his way up there but yeah he's not like at that household name level yet i would say like let's say if they somehow secure a deal with Chappelle, burr rogan that would be bigger much bigger oh yeah but gillis is like you know it's like it is what it is. I, I here's my thing. It's almost you, shocking they didn't try for Burr. I mean, I know they're trying to get as far away from their like little splash of leftyhood as possible, but like Burr is pretty liberal, so like that could be like a nice little in between weaning for them that could like make almost anyone politically happy. I think you're assuming Burr would do it. He's a type that would not, and he's also admitted sober for now many years. Ah, yeah, it's a good point too. Well, <laughs> no more Billy Redface. Yeah, lost his, lost his bite, Brian. Lost his edge. <laughs> But um, so okay, let's throw some predictions out there. Do they? Do you think they're going to be smart? And if they're going to go all in on this, you let Shane Gillis do what he does best, write his own shit, write his own little like skit for it, or whatever they're going to have him do. Um, or do you think they try to like shoehorn him with like, hey, our writers came up with this really clever thing for you to say. Well, I mean, of course they're going to do that, because at the end of the day, it's all about the almighty dollar. So, 
Like, I mean, if they're smart, they'll let him have more input than they would have given some other people, probably. Or, I mean, even do what they did with fucking Dylan and just let him, you know, record some of his own shit on his Instagram while promoting Bud Light. There you go. You have your, like, kind of, like, every man out there. So, so how much do you think he got paid? I don't know. Uh, probably a good deal. Probably, what do, you, what do you think? A couple mil, probably like 10 mil or something? To be like an official spokesman? Ooh, you think that much? Or maybe not that much. Maybe like, what, three? Yeah, I, see, I don't even know if I, I'm going that, especially as someone like him. Like, I don't think he's making, like, like he's making good money, but I don't think he's making that level. Like, when I hear those numbers, I think, like, a, a, a legit celebrity or, like, a legit athlete. I honestly think probably, like, 500K to a million tops. Yeah, tops. that might be more reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. I, here's the deal. I, I, I fully think <clears throat> let him just post whatever the fuck he wants to post with it. He he did have that sketch show. Was it Shane and... Oh, what the fuck was that called? It was Shane and something, um, which was pretty. It was it was pretty funny, but uh, just let him run run his own skits with this shit. That's all I would say, and let him post his own shit for it. Don't if it seems too manufactured. Anyone that is a fan enough of Shane is gonna smell that shit and then double down and try. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Brian, do you think he'll ever get a sake sponsorship? <laughs> if they were smart, yes. Embrace it. <laughs> Go with the meme. Uh, all right. Then on the flip side, Jambers, uh, what kind of impact do you think this has on Bud stock? I, I don't I, you know, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know what to fucking say like, about Bud Light anymore. Like, like th- uh, it's not going to return to its former glory numbers. Not anytime soon, probably. Like, it'll probably help bring some people back in. But again, like, I don't know if Shane's a big enough name to be like, up, oh, up, oh, Bud Light's on our side again, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, didn't they also, they just did their deal with UFC, right? For like $100 million or something? Oh, well, the Street article had a bit, you know, halfway through that article, he just starts going off on UFC because they have Shane Strickland, and Shane Strickland's famously anti-LGBTQ, and when his famous rants recently, and, you know... Oh, this company, you know, they they didn't go after him or like talk to them about you know all these comments and stuff. So, yeah, do they realize that's a, a company that breeds fighters, not political savvy folks? And the shit most of those guys would say, he's just someone who happened to get on the mic, is probably not going to be very socially conscious. I'm going to say, yeah, if I'm you're just, looking, if, you know. if you're looking for progressivism, UFC probably isn't the place to watch. Exactly. I think any sports, to be honest, uh, if guys were fully mic'd and said whatever they wanted, would probably not be the most progressive. I'm just well, going to throw that out there. Right. That's called a Russian NHL player on Pride Night. That's that's called. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, Jim, I thought we were going to be done with the Bud Light topics, but I'm sure we'll, we'll see something. I, I can't wait till he like goes in too hard. <laughs> on something with the foot like like fuck <laughs> not again <laughs> oh chambers oh Let's- no you know what i hope oh god can he please just scene for scene recreate the old movie instagram post dude yeah and that's the thing i think some like he would probably think of doing like get the dress get it all like 
I, I, I would fully see him doing that. <laughs> ah, I can't wait for this blind beer taste challenge. Oh, I know. It's gonna be it's gonna be magical. And for those of you unaware, Jim did post it, but uh we got in the a, a full case of what the hell is it called again? The conservative ultra right beer. They actually reached out to us and they're like, Oh hey, this blind beer challenge sounds like a good idea. Hey, we'll put our beer up. It's like, Oh, okay. So yeah. We have a bunch of those beers ready to go. So I'm working trying to wheel and do it to get a really gay beer company to uh, send us some beer too. Have a nice, you know, even keeled both beers sent in, so no favoritism either way. What the the problem though is you gotta really try to find one that's as close to a light lager as possible. That I know because because like the uh, ultra ripe beer that's four point eight percent alcohol, Bud Light's what four three four two. Uh, yeah, I, I found a couple that are like right shy of five, so those are the ones I'm trying to get you know get a hold of. And so, the worst so, comes to worst, I'll just buy one of the beers because it's gonna be a blind taste anyway. But so here's the deal, Jim. Why buy when I can get it for free? We definitely have to do this on a Sunday or a Saturday, oh, and yeah. I wanna I want us to get every major macro beer. You know, we gotta get some more hams. We got we got we gotta throw some real, and you know what? I even want to throw in some 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 European trash. I want to I want to I want I want it to be a a sippings man day. At least ten beers. How about that? Jesus. Well, <laughs> let's keep let's keep the blind beer one first for the, uh, the the culture one. Let's keep that just to the three, and then the other one we can throw a whole shitload of stuff together. Okay. We'll Are keep it simple, out? and then what's I am not bitching out. out. Right. You, you heard it here. He's bitching out. Bud Light, Ultra Light, <laughs> Super Gay Beer. That's the gimmick for that video. We're we're hitting the political rainbow there. Then we can do the one with all the other fucking macros and all that bull crap and see where it all lies. Well, it's all going to happen on the same day. So how about that, Jim? Yes, we do the one to three to warm ourselves up, and then we do the thousand, obviously. You know, all I'm hearing is bitch, 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 bitch. What bitching? I just made a second video. More drinking. You're welcome. Jim, just stop bitching. What's the fucking point in getting politically charged beer if you don't make a goddamn gimmick around that? And you throw in, like, fucking hams and beast. Who fucking cares at that point? We're trying to make a statement here, Brian. All I know is you better have a hat that day. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. Hats don't fit my head well. I don't know. I've seen hats fit your head well, Jim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Jim, but let, let's let's keep talking about companies that may have uh, soured their name just a, just a little bit. Brian, I was trying to understand. What the fuck is Microsoft doing this past month? What are know. they doing? I really don't know, but <clears throat> from The Verge, uh, one of the topics, and if you've been on Twitter these past couple of days, you've probably seen a lot of people complain about Microsoft and Xbox. So Indiana Jones in a great circle, um, something that comes from Bethesda, could have been, should have been an exclusive. Uh, or isn't it just ar- like a timed exclusive, like a couple months exclusive, basically? Yeah, but in the article, it just goes on to basically say that one of the things Microsoft has been talking about is a new multi-platform approach for certain Xbox games, um, where basically the idea of like exclusivity is probably going out the window and that these games are going to appear on switch or PS five. So, you know, this was always a thing Jim and I said, PS five, I think are kind of, I would argue, pretty damn stingy about their exclusives 
I don't even count Nintendo because their first parties are like that. That's its own thing. Right. Um, Xbox is kind of like I want my platform on as many things as possible. And with the acquisition of Bethesda and all these companies, we always said like, well, are they really going to make it just exclusive? Like, do they care that much about just selling Xboxes to try to win the exclusivity war? And it seems like recently they kind of confirmed they don't really give a shit. Before you say that, before we get into all this bullcrap, nothing uh-huh. is confirmed yet. These are all rumors. Rumors from very reputable sources and very unreputable sources. But everyone's talking about it from, you know, Johnny Shit Dick, a lot of numbers on Twitter, all the way up to like real journal, well, quote unquote journalists. It's gaming journalists, but you know what yeah. I mean. Exactly. And. I don't know, Jim. I, here's the deal. Um, right. Let me let, read off basically all the big names right now that are rumored to be coming to PS5. Indiana Jones, Starfield, Doom Year Zero, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. And also, as of today, I've seen people saying that fucking Gears of War might be coming to PlayStation. Like, I don't know. People are just throwing shit at the wall at this point. So, to his credit, Phil Spencer did respond, and he basically said... The following. Uh, I was trying to kill for time as this shit loads. God damn it. We well, are I listening. got it, Jamers. We're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. So, Cryptic. yeah, like Jim said, that was 3 o'clock today, uh, February 5th. Um, I don't know. I... That would be insane for as much as they hyped up Starfield to be their new big exclusive. And like I know one of the big reasons to buy an Xbox and they bought Bethesda to turn around three months later and be like, yeah, it's coming to PS5 too. That would be fucking wild. That would be insane. That would basically be them saying, yeah, we give up. We're done. We give up on the console business. We're just going to be publishing games now. We're going to buy all the studios and it's all going to be published under our umbrella and we'll just make our money that Instead way. Of, yeah. I mean, that's what it would be. You'll see Game Pass on Switch and PS5 at that point. Like, that's what it'll be. But maybe, though, though, here, that's my thing, though, right? Like, what if they're in is not, you're not going to be able to get the physical game. You can only get it by having Game Pass installed on those systems. Yeah, I mean, becoming their own, like, you know, EA Origin or Steam yep. or Ubisoft's fucking streaming platform and crap like that. Their advantage at this point would be Game Pass was one of the first ones and the first successful one, really. So, you know, if you have a streaming game service and that's the way you're going to go, the name right now is with Game Pass. So they at least have that going for them. God knows they've been, you know, fighting an uphill battle ever since that disastrous 2013 Xbox One presentation. So, I mean, it's been a slow, hard death for their consoles. But, I mean, the Xbox One still sold like, I don't know, 60, 70 million units. Like, it wasn't a complete disaster compared to the PS5 that like tripled it, but... I mean, here's the deal. I I don't know. I look at this and I go, fucking exclusives are corny as shit. At the end of the day, I don't like them. They're all stupid. Um, I understand them. They're important. But, like, eh. Right. Right. Eh. Right. If I could play Nintendo games on my PC or my console, that would be so much better. Oh, yeah, of course. So, of course, better it would be better. Is, so, better is better. But guess what, Bri? We always thought, eh, what if Goldberg was in the same company as The Rock? Wouldn't that be better? 
and then everything was under one umbrella, and then it sucked. I don't it's know. It was pretty cool when they had the wars at WCW and ECW versus WWE. Oh, they dropped the ball so bad on the invasion. That was fucking terrible. I still enjoyed it, Jim. They, when Stone Cold came out and started clearing house, when he turned coat, that was a big problem. Well, uh, but that was some of his best work, though. Oh, my God. A little shit heel Stone Cold with Kurt Angle doing their bits. Oh, I love that. See? I just turned you around. But they were there at WWE beforehand. That had nothing to do with the goddamn invasion or being a monopoly and having no one else there and getting pooped on. Brian, goddamn it. It was terrible. It led to terrible yeah, but, things. But well, the only thing competition, I Competition, Brian. You need co- competition. Co- competition is good. You're absolutely right. Um, but it also it does what the corny-ass wrestling does and everything else, which is – it breeds this tribalism of like people tie their identities to that thing and that's it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I think that's stupid. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I completely <laughs> agree with you. But guess what? It's a necessary evil, Brian. Do you want innovation or you do you just want do you just want to be raped, Brian? Is that what you want? Do you just want to have one company to have all the power? And it'd be like, yeah, oh, we'll, no, no, no. we'll dedicate I, we'll dedicate what you pay. We'll dedicate where you can play it. We'll dedicate what'll be available, Brian. Yeah, just put on one umbrella. Wonderful. Great idea. Mm. Yeah, see, you're simplifying it too much. Sounds good on paper, Brian. Sounds great on paper. Like, we're one USA, right? But we have all of our states. Let the individuals do their stuff and still be under one banner. Come on. USA, Jim. What, so everyone bitches at each other all the goddamn time? It's a microcosm yes. of goddamn Twitter. It's terrible. Exactly. Exactly. Stop trying to be a Russian. Stop trying to be communist. You know? <laughs> I'm trying not to, but my tax dollars keep going to fucking Ukraine and Israel, Brian. I don't have goddamn say in that. Where's your hat? <laughs> I don't... I, okay, so here, at the end of the day... What I would like is to see Game Pass on things like Switch. Game Pass on PS5 would be fucking insane. Um, yeah, the exclusivity, and as you 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 said it, these are rumors. They're not confirmed. Yeah, nothing's confirmed. Phil Spencer could come out next week and be like, um, you're all stupid for believing Twitter. And that would be fucking great. Yeah, so it's speculation, but it's it's got people in an uproar. So we'll see next week. What? By the way, what is next week like a a thing or is he just saying like we're gonna announce something next like is it one of these showcase things um i don't know i think it's uh like everyone's rumoring that there's gonna be another state of play and everyone's rumoring about another nintendo direct because we're due quote unquote and yeah maybe a microsoft you know something or other fucking thing who knows i don't know i always i always find out about these presentations like two days before and i'm like oh yeah that's happening i know no same that's why i was asking i'm like is there something actually going on so i don't know we'll see uh what okay if you were a betting man what do you think phil says is he confirming that there's some shared shared rights of games or is he saying you're all dumb well wasn't it already i thought it was confirmed that hi-fi rush was coming to switch already so i would be you know what i wouldn't be shocked if like older exclusives well then again exclusives and xbox there's like three so yeah no it's tough maybe like one big thing they'll be like ah we'll put this everywhere you know what i guess it would make the most sense to do the bethesda games so if he just said bethesda is going to be cross Bethesda is the one that is a is kind of a no to me it's a it would kind of make the most sense to be bethesda yeah yeah but at the same time to your point starfield was supposed to be 
I think they they all hoped that was going to be the wow, and it didn't really deliver. So, nah, now, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a 2013 Bethesda game in 2023. So, well, that, it's funny, that was not the killer app it needed. As you're talking, uh, I was looking it up, and apparently somewhere, someone out there is saying Halo. Now that would be fucking insane. I mean, that would be game over at that point. Yeah, that then just open the floodgates, make it all the same. But we'll see. It, if it's high high five rush, who the fuck cares? If it's how, Sea of Thieves, it's been out forever. How funny would it be if they were like Blinks? We're bringing back Blinks, and Blinks is coming to everything. Yeah. Their first mascot. Yeah. Digging him out. <laughs> oh God. He is a time traveling cat, Brian. Uh, well, time will tell, Jamers. Time will tell. But um this next article, this is what I, I really kinda want to go into because I don't know how I feel about it. Um did you just Okay. So Alan Wake 2 has an update which is great for scaredy cats like me coming from Kotaku. Big, big letters in the article corrected. Yeah. So, well, run, run us down, Jambers. What's going on with this new update? So basically the update that's going on and the update itself isn't that big of a story. Basically they added, um, like there is certain scenes in the game that have like, you know, flashing lights and flashing images to build suspense and crap like that. But it's basically the kind of thing where it's like, oh, that's probably bad for people. That's epilepsy. Oopsie poopsies. We didn't even think of that. So they also did some other improve, like performance improvements, uh, a chapter select menu and, uh, you know, field of view slider on PC. And, of course, the game making it less jump scary, which is the, you know, flashing images that we were talking about. So that in itself, in the article as it is right now, you're going to look at it and be like, what's the story here? The story comes from when it first went up, because the original headline was New Alan Wake 2 update is for all you babies out there. And inside the article, it said the flashes were like strobe lights or anything that could cause possible seizures, but they were very scary and were used to effectively keep players on their toes. For some, this was too much and made the game hard to play. And now you can turn them down. What the actually means is in practice, I'm not sure. And I'll never know because I'm not a baby. And from that line and from the original thing, as Twitter does, it blows up and the bitch fest comes rolling in through the comments and everything else like that. Because, yeah, I mean, epilepsy sucks. It's kind of nice that they put something in there for people to not die as they play the game. I get it. And I'm like, I'm. what, what do you think about this, Brian? Do you think, because I'm at two thoughts. Either A, it was like, you know, it's Kotaku so they could fuck this up. Or B, I'm like, oh, they intentionally threw this rage bait out there. And once it all happened, they're like, oopsie whoopsies, we made another poopsie, but everyone clicked on our article. I See, I don't think it's rage bait. I think it goes back to gaming journalism as horseshit. And here's the deal. What I'm trying to think of is the number, and I play, obviously, a lot of horror games. And not saying that's the only game with flashing lights. But what I see in all those other games is just a warning at the front. Like, Hey, if you are sensitive to flashing and you know, you may have epilepsy, like you might not want to play this game. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I do appreciate, um, what's the term now? 
like what when they make concessions for this it's um oh uh, uh it's, accessibility uh, features accessibility i get it but also see my mind first went to like i think we've covered something like this before where it's bad enough with like difficulties people everyone wants shit on easy and with some horror games i've seen them be like can you make it a little less scary and I'm a believer in the one of the reasons why I like horror games, horror movies is the experience you get, right? Like you are made to feel uncomfortable on purpose. If you're going to play Alan Wake 2, which the point is horror, you're going to be made to feel uncomfortable. I could believe that they kind of made a setting not just for epilepsy, but for people that is a little too freak out because it's jump scare specifically and some of these things. Right. So... There's a part of me that goes, okay, the guy who did this probably just didn't research enough to really think about it or just, like, needed to get an article out there. I was like, oh, these fucking babies, like, one in their easy mode and horror, basically. I almost say stick with it and then just be like, yeah, or it could also be for this. You know, like, I don't know. I I don't think it was a... a uh, it was something thought out or planned out to, like, make a shit storm and then be like... Oops, sorry, we're not trying to be the bad guys. It's like, no, be the... That's why you probably have fucking, like, 200 people writing articles for you. Let some of them be the dickheads. So it drives people to get upset, which drives, you know, people interacting with your articles. I don't know, but but I guess taking that one step further, what is your feelings on if horror games start doing this more often? Making it like the less scary version versus what you're what it's supposed to be. If it's if it's an option, I don't really care because I don't have to play the less scary version. I can play the intended version. Like if it's optional, fine. Like if they force feed an update that takes away the scares, like that's fucking stupid. But if it's an optional thing, whatever. Because it comes down to a thing where it's like the people who were not going to play because it, it was too scary weren't going to play it anyway. So, I don't know, you're just giving yourself a way to make more money at that point if it means you cut out a couple jump scares. Like, I don't see that really as that big of a deal. Okay, well, let me ask you this. So, the same way, like, if you, back in the day, the worst thing in the world was watching a rated R movie that was, like, trimmed down for TBS or, you know, USA. Like, where you cut out cursing, cut out everything, so it... Ah, the bad 80-yard language over it? Yeah, like, that was fucking terrible and while i understand it get back here melon lover (laughs) um i get it but i'm also like you're really now getting such a watered down version like kind of what's the point right like there's a part of me that feels that way too at what point does like the people who wanted to create a game this is the experience i kind of want you guys to have and then somebody comes along is like but what about people who are scared it's like do you always have to cater to everyone? Shouldn't some of this be like everything doesn't need to be for everyone. And if you keep making it, it goes back to what you said, kind of like now everything's going to have a watered down version for absolutely everyone. Like, eh, I'm kind of like, knock it off just a little bit. Well, I mean, I mean, they have the choice to not do that too. And that's fine. I don't care if they don't do it. And I also don't care if they do it. Like, to me, it doesn't matter because I can still just play it. Like, if they don't do it, then I'm playing it the way they want to play it. And if they do do it, I'm still just going to play it the way they wanted to play it anyway. So it doesn't fucking matter to me. 
but I, I I see your point. Like I get like I don't know if it's quote unquote selling out or I I don't know what it is, but I just don't see it as like a big deal, really. Because like as long as it doesn't like I said, if it doesn't force it on me, I don't really fucking care. Hmm. Very nihilist of you, Jim. Nothing matters. <laughs> right. Nothing does matter. But to get back to the original point of the article, see where my tinfoil hat comes on with the whole conspiracy theory of this was on purpose is because everyone was bitching in the articles. It's like. Where are the editors? Are there no editors? How could they have let this through? And they do have editors. And Brian, how many times have we seen mundane articles be given the most salacious headline possible by an editor Uh to get the most clicks? Oh, a gazillion times. That's like some of our bread and butter, Jim. Oh, yeah. We should should be better at it, really. (laughs) Maybe we should hire someone from Kotaku. They're very good at it. They should hire us. We could throw some real shit their way. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Like, I, I could see that as a strategy. Like you said, I almost just put it to the ineptitude of Kotaku as a whole and saying their editors, they've left some still very terrible things up there. And they then would just send out like an apology or like uh, whatever bullshit tweet. Whereas this one felt like if you're going to go through the trouble of actually editing the title, then it probably wasn't just that. So, unless they had it in the can ready to go, being like, all right, we have our shitstorm. We have, we're up to about a thousand quote tweets and publish, publish the redaction. Um,. Apparently, this guy was also a writer for Hard Drive. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I Kill even... Screen, whatever What's that? that is. And Kill Screen. Kill Screen? What the fuck is that? Who, who, who? I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Let's see here. Who was the writer? Zach Zweizen. That's a lot of Z's just... for one name, Brian. So That's a lot of Z's. I don't trust him. <laughs> Here's the deal. I just I went to like his it. I just went to his Twitter and I can tell by what he reshares and how he interacts. I think that first title was definitely him. Like it seems like that's who he is. A little bit of an edgy boy. Tries to be. He's like you <laughs> when you when you're watching too much uh wrestling a little too drunk and you say you just rapid fire tweets and I'm like, Yep, he's drunk right now. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. Jim's trying to be the edge lord. I know what you're doing right now. <laughs> hey, things happen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, to go back to your point, though. Or maybe he is, and he was hired specifically for that purpose to be as salacious as possible. And boom, done on purpose again anyway. Jimmy's right. But to your point, Jim, I do. The going back to what I first asked you, uh, options are fine. I like things for accessibility. That I agree with. I don't love things being watered down if they're not for accessibility reasons. But that's me. And I'm a guy who loves options, Jim. You know that. You I do. I, 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 you enjoy your options. I, I, I kind of feel like. Between two different things, Brian? <laughs> I, oh, I see what you just did there. Okay. Okay. Jim, why don't you lead us into this week's Which is Better? Yes, which is better. We are going hard in the paint on this. We are back, baby. So next up, more video game music. And I was feeling a little inspired this week. So, Brian, this week is one that hits close to home for me. Because 
below, I have two of my favorite boss battle themes of all time. And this is one that's extremely hard for me. And it's going to hurt to choose either way. But, first up, we have Black Belt from the Sega Master System. And then, going against this, basically an all-timer. Never Return Alive, the boss fight theme from Streets of Rage 2. Well, Jambers, I want to give you a minute to think because I know this is close to your home. Um, coming in here, I know from your previous videos, from just you and I talking, I know how much you love Black Belt. I don't have the experience or the nostalgia for that game. Um, what I will say is listening to it, it's amazing how long for a Sega Master System game, how long the song actually is. Now, that being said... It's, it's cool. It goes on. And you and I have, I think, a similar feeling for um, Karate Champ. Like, it has that very, like, I'll just say, like, karate feel to the sound. Um, however, the goddamn sound effects from that system are still jarring to this day. They're not exactly pleasant to the ears. I know what they're doing, and I know how it sounds. But it's still, there's a little bit of that gradiness to it. And it's just... It's not something you would ever play outside of the game. However, Streets of Rage 2, Never Return Home, that's just a fucking banger. And you talk about, it's almost unfair to compare the two because it's like, show something from the 1800s to something right now. Like, the level feels so different and, like... I personally have to go never return home. When I hear that, like I could be literally driving around my car playing this and be vibing along. And, and I don't know, like with, with the bass, with so many different things going on, it's just, it, it, there's a lot going on, but it sounds so much smoother. It's just, it's just that much better. So yeah, I have to go never return home for sure. See, Brad, this might actually shock you because I have no nostalgia for the Sega Master System. I've only gotten into it in the last, like, two or three years, if that. Mm. So, like, Black Belt was actually, um, I bought the game because I was, like, watching, like, watching the GameStack video talk about the Master System. And when he got to Black Belt, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like a Kung Fu ripoff, whatever. And then I heard this, this fucking boss theme. Like, as he got to it, I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is this track? And I started listening to it. And as you were like, oh, it's a song I've never listened to it outside of the game. I listen to it all the goddamn time. Uh, I don't know what it is because it's two completely different vibes for boss fight themes. Because like like you were saying, it's like got that karate feel. It's really like, so Black Belt is a localization of uh, Fist of the North Star game from Japan. So I did some research trying to see if it came from the anime. And I didn't see anything that sounded like it. So I think it's an original track. I could be wrong, but it definitely has that vibe of like an anime when you're like when they're going against like the big bad of an arc and stuff like that and it's that it's like you know most climatic and like you know most serious and everything's like coming together at that point where never return alive is like you're saying an absolute banger of a track that just gets you pumped up like when you're going through that first boss fight and you go with bar against barbon and he rips off his shirt going come on 
Like, that's yeah. the feeling. With the like, rain going, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're instantly hyped up. And it's a hell, it's like a hell of a dance track and shit like that. So it really comes down to, like, what vibe do you want more? Do you want to be, like, pumped up, or do you want to feel that, like, intensity of the, and then, like, emotion of it? And both songs are fucking long for their systems, too. Like, Black Belt's, like, over a minute long for the Master System, which is crazy. Never Return Alive is, like, a minute and 48 seconds before it starts looping again, which is also crazy. And to your point, it is a little unfair because the Genesis has way more sound channels and stuff like that. But I actually kind of are... I'm going to go with Black Belt because I just like the vibe that it makes more. I like the I like the rhythm that it establishes. It's more of just like... I don't know. I just like the feel that it gives off for a boss fight. That's why you're you. That is why I'm me. <laughs> everyone's everyone's going to go to Streets of Rage on this one, and I know it. But please, listen to the whole track for Black Belt. I know yeah, in these episodes but, uh, you just get like three seconds, and that's not nearly enough. That's because of YouTube and copyright. But please listen to the, click the uh, links and listen to the full songs. Well, here's the deal. What I will say is with Black Belt, see, I think you just did it a disservice by by putting it up against that. Like I think if you had put that against a different boss battle from like NES, Super NES, it, it could have been a better fight. It's just like probably yeah, because just of how much better of a music track "Never Return Alive" is, how more layered. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I think that that was the only. But I see what you were doing. Like I said, you're you're trying to do the boss fights. It make it makes sense. But I mean, are you basically trying to say this is your favorite boss theme ever? Because that's goddamn insane. If you are, if it's one of them, it's probably it's up there. Whew. These are two of my favorites. Okay, I think you're insane, but okay. This is like this song is like one of the last times like I've heard a song that I never knew before and like gaming that like really hit me. That's like, oh shit, what is this? Like I don't know. Sometimes you just hear a song that it just like grabs you. Like, oh, where's this been all my life? So this was one of those that was that for me. No, I definitely get it. And like I said, I I will say when we've gone through some old games, when you're playing, especially when it's a shit game, and if you can cling on to like a really good track like we've had a lot of them i mean we talk about karate jam still like there's some tracks that you just go this is so much better than it deserves and it just kind of sticks with you and then all of a sudden that's like the only good thing you have about that game because i never played black belt i don't know if the game's any good it's a fun game it's good it's not amazing but but it's good but like clearly the thing that stood out most for you in that game has to be this music yeah the music definitely yeah so I get I I get that aspect, but like I said, uh, if if you're throwing Streets of Rage two against anything, it's like eh. if you had chosen. Part of me was a, thinking sh- doing like Streets of Rage one verse two or something like that, like make it. But or I Street thought Rage that three, which is horseshit. I, that's not a terrible track. It would have lost, but it's not a terrible track. That that is that is such a fucking messy soundtrack. Don't even get me started. Hater. Hater. <laughs> We've been down this road. <laughs> Hater. No you appreciation, Brian. No appreci- Oh, no appreciation, Brian, over here. Uh-huh. No Listen, ear for I, experimentation. That's what he I, is. I, I, <laughs> Old ham and egg or Brian. <laughs> Jim, you can CDI get the foot in your, in your ass uh, all you I like, want. I like my peanut butter and jelly. No room for fluff. No room for the fluff. <laughs> Well, you're the fluffy puff, so you know you walk you my ass right want. into that one. <laughs> that's, that's another gym nickname right there. If you guys want to know it, <laughs> old fluffy puff marshmallow man. 
Every day is a blessing. Uh, <laughs> the best part is you accidentally ended up giving yourself that nickname by saying it to my dog. I didn't. I wasn't looking to give myself nickname. I'm not you. I don't give myself nicknames, Wolfman. That was God. Uh, I, I called you. Actually, God. see, you keep you keep messing up the story, Jim. I'm saying. You said it to my dog, but little did you know, you were just exposing a perfect name for you. <laughs> yes, you had a very fluffy dog. And you said, my dog's not fluffy, you're fluffy. And everyone glommed onto it. And Yeah, I mean, why do you think it stuck, Jim? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that was the original Gabriel Iglesias. If only I was more funny and talented. <laughs> Oh, Chambers. So, here's the deal. We want to hear from you. Between these two tracks, we know it's very tough. You let us know in the comments below which one do you think is better. So, Chambers, um, did you stick just with the Trogues, or did you move on to something else? Nah, just add two of these bad boys. Um, I mean, these are goddamn delicious. Like, they, their selling point is how smooth they are, and they are smooth. Um, a nice hazy pale ale, you know, not the... Typical IPA bitterness, it's really not bitter at all. It's, uh, yeah, it's really good. And the citrus isn't even overpowering either. Very nicely balanced, very well blended. Um, the aftertaste, you still get slight maltiness, but you still get a lot of those hops. But without being, like, you know, stringent or anything like that, it's, mm -hmm. it's a damn good beer. Nice. All right. All right. Yeah, I, what I'll say about this Golden Bear, it's so smooth, but there is... It's so weird because there's a, there's a sweetness for sure, but um, it reminds me of ah oh, fuck. There's there's a certain type of lager that has a very kind of crisp, clean feel that almost dries out your tongue as you finish it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like that's the experience I'm getting as I finish it, and it's good. Um, what it is is if this was like available as a macro beer and more affordable. I could see this being an easy go-to, but it's not. So this is one where it's like, oh, it's really cool to have a Pilsner, but I get why craft breweries tend to not do this. So while I would recommend it, it's not going to be like blow you away. It's better than any Pilsner you have from a macro level, but from craft beers, you're like, uh, maybe I'll just try their stronger shit. Yeah, it's one to try, but one you probably won't go back to. Mm-hmm. So with that, guys, we want to say thank you all so much. Once again, thank you for helping us trying to reach our goals this year. And by helping us, you can hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Tell your friends. Show them the little clips. We're doing a lot of shorts now. Send them the shorts. Yeah. Suck them in. Please do. We really appreciate it. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, hit the subscribe button. If you give us a five-star rating and you want to bash us in the comments, we'll read them. Just make sure, hit the subscribe, listen along. And with that, guys, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody.